we need that patient philanthropic capital to allow organizations and missions to go through some failures, some learning, some experimentation, and 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 pull out those things which succeed and will become sticky, socially sticky. Hi, I'm Shreya, and you're listening to Failure Files, a podcast by India Development Review, or IDR. The show features highly relatable narratives of failure by people working on complex issues of social change. Their stories are a reminder that the path to resilience cannot be built on success alone. Failure is a necessary condition for it. Today, on our very first episode, Rohini Nilakani is in conversation with Smarinita Shetty, co-founder and CEO at IDR. Rohini is the founder chairperson of Arkyam, a foundation that focuses on issues of sustainable water and sanitation across India. She was also the founder chairperson and chief funder of Pratham Books, a non-profit children's publisher. A committed philanthropist, Rohini sits on the board of trustees of H3, an environmental think tank and is the director on the board of Ikstep, a non-profit education platform. In this interview, Rohini speaks about why we need to underwrite failure in the social sector and how philanthropists must develop more patience and create a space that normalizes failure in the context of non-profit work. Today, we have a special episode for you, not just because it's our very first episode on the show, but also because we're in conversation with Rohini Nilakani, a long-time advocate and often a lone voice amongst her peers for having more open conversations around failure. Hi, Rohini. It's such a pleasure to be having this conversation with you. Before we kick off this interview, uh, I'd like you to share with us a time when you failed. Can you tell us a bit about what that experience was like and what you learned as a result? In my professional life, I have experienced many failures. Uh, some worse than others. Uh, my very first failure, I guess, in my professional life as an activist philanthropist, if you like, where we ourselves got involved in the solving of some problem, was in 1992, after one of my close friends died in a very ghastly road accident. It was really preying on my mind for the years before that. And then I got a few really great Bangaloreans together and we set up Nagrik with the tagline for safer roads. Uh, we worked at it for a few years with not much of a budget, but I don't think the budget was the problem. I think the problem was that we didn't know how to quite go about it. And while there was enthusiasm and passion and a lot of intelligence in the group, I think we didn't structure ourselves and I take a lot of the blame myself. Um, uh, that we didn't really know how to be strategic. And so the whole thing faded away. The problem didn't go away at all. India remains the world's largest top number one, uh, unfortunately, in accidents and deaths in the world. 160,000 people, often young, um, in the in, on our roads. But uh, then we dropped it. 
But it was a failure for sure um, in many levels. But it taught me a few lessons about how to not do things, how to think through things before, how to set realistic goals, how to ensure that you have a professional cadre working with you, not just enthusiastic good Samaritans. That's not enough. So I learned a lot of lessons from that failure. Do I wish we had succeeded and really had safer roads? So that's one. At, uh, through uh, Akshara Foundation, where I uh, also was very active in the organization, uh, there too, we failed in the sense, many times in the sense, that we kept on and on trying new things. And some of those things were really, <laughs> uh, really very difficult to implement. Like we were trying some evening schooling, we tried uh, bridge schooling, uh, we tried so many things that fizzled out because it was not easy to sustain them, partly because the demand was also not too strong. There were many things we succeeded at too, but there were many of those small experiments that in a sense failed. Again, from that we learned that it's okay to experiment and fail so long as you are very quickly recognizing the, that this is not working, but something else might. So in that sense, those small failures, even though there were many, and if you had to write a string of them, they would look pretty impressively long. What they did was allow us to consolidate other focus areas and learn how to um, do things that would stick. Uh, in Pratham books, similarly, same thing. We tried many things. Some of them succeeded wildly. Some of them didn't. I don't know whether we should call them failures as such, I think we should call them experiments from which you got to learn what works and what doesn't. But then I was thinking um, over the last few days in preparation for this conversation, since I set up Argyam actually to learn about my philanthropy, how to do more philanthropy better. And then from 2005, we shifted to a full focus on water. But in these 20 years or 16 full years of working on water. If somebody looked at Argyam's work and said, hey, the water situation in India has got much worse since you started working on water. So now is that a failure of the organization? Is that a failure of the vision? Um, I think we could say that maybe Argyam could have been much more impactful or you could say that the water problem is so huge and so complex that in any case, it is completely unrealistic to expect one organization to do anything more than shift the needle in some of the aspects of the water situation. That's such an important point you're making about how time-bound the perception of failure can be, especially when we're working on complex issues of social change. What you're basically saying is that what is viewed as failure today might actually only be a setback on the path to success. So can you speak a bit too about how we can create space for people and organizations to fail openly and then to kind of actually help them recover from those failures? If we want philanthropists to be partners here, then what do you think needs to happen for them to stay the course, even in the face of such setbacks? Yeah, I completely agree that we have to be very conscious of time frames when we are talking about uh, failure, right? As you said correctly, that what looks like failure today may look like success tomorrow, right? And when will that happen? Sometimes you cannot predict. So especially philanthropists have to be very aware of this. And I think civil society needs to put forward 
more stories and examples of that that yes something seemed to be failing in the beginning but as the demand caught up and the supply side had to react to the demand just take the education sector for example about 25 years ago parents were not so committed to putting their children through 14 years of school especially those in agricultural families so the dropout rates were horrendous the out of school non enrolled children were very large as the demand and the understanding that education might lead to a better life for their children began to sink in thanks to government policies thanks to ngo work thanks to markets also um, seeking more educated uh, employees the demand for education built up so rapidly that earlier all the work seemed like oh my god just throwing uh, you know um, just throwing effort into the uh, desert and then suddenly it took seeds that uh, it took root those seeds and they began to flower and today all our children are enrolled in school the pandemic was a setback but the idea of education being necessary has been completely internalized in india so it took some time but what might have seemed like a success to a scattering of ngos and philanthropists today looks like a lot of success so once more stories like this and more understanding of this is shared i think philanthropists will be open to having a longer time frame we need that patient philanthropic capital to allow organizations and missions to go through some failures some learning some experimentation and 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 pull out those things which succeed and will become sticky socially sticky the relationship between the philanthropist and the uh, ngo partner um, has to start with trust so that the ngo feels uh, accepted when they are trying to do something different because if they are not trying to do dif- something different how are things going to change and then when they do something different and the demand is not ripe or the institutional structures are not ripe as we saw in my example with akshara etc then those experiments will fail and will have to be tweaked and so the philanthropy organization has to allow that to be uh, first of all raised and explained and then more experimentation allowed so that's the very first simple thing the second thing is uh, once you trust an organization can you commit to multi year funding so they're not not spending 30 to 40% of their organizational bandwidth trying to um, raise funds instead of trying to innovate on the ground so i think these are the two main things uh, the three main things trust patient capital and uh, allowing the conversation on failure and innovation to be upfront and transparent you know on the bit about allowing for open conversations between non-profits and their donors many organizations might actually be hesitant to talk about their failures because they might be afraid that they'll lose funding do you think in order to create a safe space for such conversations it also becomes important for philanthropists to talk about their failures and why do you think those conversations are not happening not just in the social sector but even in the private sector i think in the peer group there has been much more of uh, conversations on you know i tried this it didn't work and now we are now our whole mission focus has moved to something else so i think that has begun to happen and i think it's probably been happening before also outside india but the talking publicly about failing as a philanthropist 
uh, who who wants to listen to that story? I mean, somebody needs to want to listen to that story. It's no use going out there and beating your chest in public for no good reason. You probably need to do it to the right audience. And that audience is probably uh, the civil society sector where philanthropists can speak about how they, they themselves at a meta level experimented with certain sectors, then lost passion in them perhaps, or saw that their approaches would never get them to their uh, goal or whatever it might be, right? So uh, there needs to be some, there need to be fora, right? For philanthropists and NGOs to get together, but the philanthropist and the organization need to be very sure that, again, I'm repeating that failure is not glorified. We are not trying to achieve failure. We are going to fail because it's not always possible to succeed, but we are not trying to fail. See, in the corporate sector, sometimes they really glamorize failure, that fail fast, fail forward, etc. I think in the nonprofit sector, we have to be a little careful not to say that and use those that framework because we are talking about people and their lives and we are talking about their well-being, emotional and financial and social, and we are not trying to fail. We know we will fail. We will have to accept that we failed. We have to recognize failure early, but that's one thing. The second thing is that we have to be also careful uh, to analyze whether distinguish from the failure of the organization and the failure of some individuals within the organization. Because if it is the failure, clear failure of some individuals, perhaps from a moral lapse, then there is a different way of dealing with that failure than when the failure is coming out of a good intent to innovate. One, of course, that uh, if it is a moral lapse, then it is very important to weed out. And secondly, if we don't recognize failure quickly, how on earth are we going to turn around and try something else? So creating the space to analyze failure honestly, first internally by the organization and then a little more openly, should become some kind of structured process. I'm sure many organizations have it. It's not like nobody does these things. But since we are talking about these things publicly, perhaps together, some people, organizations can come up with some frameworks, toolkits, processes, which are easy for organizations to follow so that we are acknowledging and analyzing failure. And how do you think the perception of failure differs when it comes to, say, um, the corporate sector or the public sector vis-a-vis the nonprofit space? You know, failure... uh, uh, Failure in Samaj, failure in Sarkar and failure in Bazaar are looked looked at a bit differently, okay? As I said, in Bazaar, failure is underwritten very structuredly by markets and financial markets, right? You are allowed to go there and try something really crazy. And if it fails, yeah, of course, um, uh, uh, it's not a great thing at all. But it is entirely possible that you can dust off that. Uh, the limited liability company that was set up allows ex- especially for this structure, isn't it? You can dust off your failure, file for bankruptcy or whatever in the West especially, and then somebody else will back another idea that you got. So the whole structure of failure is underwritten very well uh, by financial markets, right? In Sarkar, actually, it is very hard 
to fail. You no, know, it's very hard for Sarkar to accept failure. And that's fine because their goal is not to provide risk capital to society, but rather to provide uh, equity uh, uh, and service delivery. So Sarkar's failure and bureaucrats especially would rather are, are incentivized not to act in case they fail. So the, the failure is really failure to act rather than innovate, try something, fail, accept it, and then do something else. So, however, in the politicians, politicians are used to failing, and it's a class that is used to winning and losing. So they take, kind of tend to take failure to win elections in their stride, because who knows, they may win the next one. So I've seen them take failure in their stride, and because there's a par- political party structure, it doesn't matter. There is a space for failure because even if you fail to win an election, you can sit in the opposition. Now we come to the Samaj space. And by Samaj, I mean not people in general, but civil society institutions. There again, there is a great risk appetite to try out things to help society. And we need to make sure that there is much more underwriting of that failure. And the reason we're having this conversation is much more needs to be opened up about real failure, about bad failure and good failure. And there is space in civil society to fail for sure, but there is less underwriting of that risk of failure. I want to go back to something you said earlier about how when organizations fail, there's a loss of knowledge, especially in our sector. Because many of the failures that happen and the lessons people learn from them, you know, stay internal to the organization. But there are definitely advantages for other organizations, right? When they, if they can learn from others' mistakes and not repeat what has already failed before. So do you think there's a way to make that knowledge and those insights available to the larger ecosystem of players? And how do you think we should be thinking about that? Yeah, no, this is a very important point because the goal of the whole of social sector should be that we should ensure that even if organizations and institutions and leaders fail, they might, right? That is the way of life. But how can we make sure that the mission or the public uh, goal, the societal goal, the societal idea doesn't fail? or doesn't fall by the wayside because some organizations failed. How do we keep keep space for others to continue the task, the societal task? One way that our teams have been thinking and practicing is to convert the effort and the knowledge into digital public goods because digital is so much easier to scale and you can uh, people from all over can discover Uh, digitally much more than physically what if we had a process to look at the failure uh, and success I'm not saying there's never only failure so that's not what I'm saying but what if we created mindshare and time to look at the failure what are the failures of India's civil society over the last 40 50 years that we have to understand because by now the social sector should have been even more thriving than it is now it should have been in less riskier strategy did we in in, sorry in less riskier spaces could we have done something differently together i mean the extreme buoyancy of the civil society in the 80s post the emergency um, a lot of things began to happen 
And I think there's a second wave now because young people who think very differently from the leaders 40 years ago have a new kind of energy in the social project to, to increase equity, access, etc. using technology, using uh, very young leaders this time. Uh, using very different methods. So, what can these new, what can this new wave of civil society actors, some of whom we are very lucky to support, what can they learn from the old wave of uh, civil society actors in India, 40 years ago, right? From 90, say from the 70s to the 2000s, right? Uh, what were their failures? What can we learn from that and do things a little differently? Um, I would love to see a gathering of uh, some of our stalwart leaders to share uh, their uh, what they feel civil society as a whole failed at doing and what these next wave uh, should do differently. Thank you so much, Rohini, for joining us today to talk about something that's really important when it comes to nonprofit work. There's a lot that we've covered today, but I'd like to leave our listeners with two important points. The first is that all of us within the social sector need to make space for failure. We cannot carry on like we've done before. We need to analyze our failures and most importantly, learn from them because failure, as we all know, is inevitable. And secondly, Philanthropists must trust nonprofits to do their work. They have to develop patience so that nonprofits can take the necessary risks to grow, to change, to experiment. Thank you. Failure Files is produced by Disha Acharya, Pallavi Deshpande, Rachita Vora, Tanaya Jaktiani, and me, Shreya Adhikari. This podcast is part of a larger initiative at IDR where alongside 15 partners, we are creating a space for candid conversations around failures and social impact. To read more about this growing movement, check us out at idronline.org. You can also share your own failure story with us at write to us at idronline.org. Thank you for listening and see you next week.